Good morning, everyone. I'm so glad that you're here on this last Sunday of 2018. Uh, it won't be long, and 2019 will be here. Uh, we're almost there. We have spent the last month, the last 30 days or so, uh, watching and looking at The Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. I hope you had a chance to see the movie uh, during the month of December. And so we're going to end this year with a little bit more about Christmas. Now, I know you've already probably unwrapped all your presents and all of those kind of things, but we're going to look at Christmas just a little bit because really in the church year, it goes on a little further. It really goes to about December the 10th or 12th, kind of depending on uh, the calendar. So we want to help you move and continue to move from humbug to hallelujah. Amen? Hallelujah? We want you to help you, help you make that transition this season because 2019 will be a year unlike any we have ever seen before. Amen? It's coming, 2019. A year that is in front of us, the canvas is clean, and now we're taking steps to move into the future. I wanted to end up the year with one last message about Christmas. One last message. I know most of us are already past wrapping presents, and most of us are already starting to take down our Christmas stuff, right? How many people have already taken some stuff down? All right, need to slow down just a little bit. <laughs> Slow down just a little bit. I know Julie Bowles is already ready to start pulling it off, taking things down. But most of us already began to start making New Year's resolutions. In 2019, I will fill in the blank. What are you going to put in your blank? In 2019, I will eat healthier, right? In 2019, I will exercise more. In 2019, I will sleep more. There you go. 2019, I will work less. Not the staff, but 2019, what are you going to put in the blank? What is that going to look like for you? You'll seek to make changes, but will they last? Will the future be different than the past? What will be different? Life can truly change in a moment. For better or worse, everything can. Some are gradual, but like Scrooge, he underwent a dramatic change. He took a great U-turn, and things were never the same. It doesn't happen to everyone that way, but for some, it is a dramatic transformation where their life is changed in an instant. For others, it may be a process over time where we've slowly began to look at ourselves a little bit and begin to see the transformation as God works in our lives. And we feel as though that Emmanuel has happened. God is with us. And we pray that 2019 will be another breakthrough year where God will be with us in all that we do. From the movie, Scrooge uttered these words. He said, I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all year long. I will utter Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all year long. Maybe this could be our goal in 2019. What would it look like in your life to honor Christmas all year? What would that look like? Well, I know it's difficult because... Oftentimes, Christmas gets lost through the year. But how can we do that? What does Scrooge mean when he says, I want to honor Christmas all year long? And how does that transition from a worldview of one that often is humbug when we try to live in this place of hallelujah? What does that look like? How can we keep the Christmas spirit alive all year? 
How can we continue to have that feeling even when it's hot in July and we're still going, it feels like Christmas. How do we do that? Is it even possible? How can we fight to have a great year and not just a good year? As Jim Collins wrote in his book about good to great, that good is the enemy of great. But we want to have a great year. We want to see what God is going to do in 2019. But here's the problem. Too many times we seek to achieve something, but we somehow lose track. We sometimes, somehow we, we, get, we lose focus, we get off the rails, and before we know it, we're already going in the wrong direction. The Christmas spirit begins to fade. It's quickly forgotten, and we return to the routine. I don't know, every now and then I just love routine. But it's that routine sometimes that maybe we need to look at differently. Maybe we need to be able to build a different routine. Everything wants to go back to normal. There's this constant tension of pulling us back to what is normal. I can't wait till school starts again and the kids leave. We want normalcy back. And they go back to the daycare. I want normalcy. The reality is we often struggle with carry-through because we like the normal. Right? That's where we get. We have good intentions, and the road of good intentions is paved, right? I know I'm going to do it someday. U.S. News and World Report states that by February the 1st, 80% of all New Year's resolutions have faded. 80%? Still others report that only 8% ever make it past the middle of February. So it's just not a high chance that it happens. And still others say that 25% of all our resolutions are gone in the first seven days. So that's why Planet Fitness and all the other exercise places have already started advertising. They know they only got seven days to hook us. You know, good intentions can be just that. So how do we make 2019 different? How do we make some decisions and carry them through? What would it look like this coming year to make this next year better than last year? What would that look like in your life? What can we do to stay the course and to finish the race as Paul talks about? How do we deal with our inability to often stay focused for the next year? What would it look like if we could turn the corner in July and already begin to smell the fir Christmas tree? Right? At the summer party, we're going, Christmas is coming. What would it look like? How do we do that? Or better yet, how can we do that with God's help to make Christmas last all year? Ever had that problem? And that's not all. Some people really struggle keeping New Year's resolutions. Some to the point that they become depressed because they can't keep New Year's resolutions. People who have low self-esteem also struggle with this new year. Another cycle is beginning and here it comes again. So how do we keep things from going back to normal? Or better yet, how can we create maybe a new normal that we live in in 2019 where we take maybe some different steps? Could it be that by letting the hallelujah of Christ's birth touch every aspect of our lives, make that possible? That transformation can happen in each of our lives? We talk about it all the time, this transformation that happens in our heart. What does that look like? How can I be a different person in six months than I am right now? How can I have less cynicism about what's happening than I currently already have? How do I do that? How do we keep from going back to what's normal? 
Could it be we let the birth of Christ touch every part of our lives? Unless we make a conscious effort to choose, we'll likely remain captive to the past and to the normal that we always do all the time. So how do you change your normalcy? I guess that would be one of the questions, right? Well, in verse, verse 11 this morning, it said the Messiah was born and he is one who can work on our past. The hallelujah life trusts God to redeem what happened in our past. To help us make a difference in our past. Because there are three ways that you can deal with your past. One is you can live with regrets all the time. I wish I would have done this or I wish I would have done that. Or if I would have only done this. And it's easy to live in that place. And sometimes we just want to wallow in that place of the past. Still others, they just want to forget like it didn't happen. If I just don't think about it, it just never happened. But do we learn from our past if we don't remember some of what took place? doesn't mean we regret it or we forget it, but we can use it to help us take steps into the future. Because it is our past that helps us figure out a little bit about what's going to happen tomorrow. We all do that, don't we? we? We face a decision and then we go, let's see, now how did I do that last time? Well, that didn't work. And then I tried this and that didn't work and this didn't work. Oh my God, I don't know what's going to work. But we begin to look at the backside of the past and say, how do we face this? And what makes it even more difficult is the older you get, you face problems that you've never seen before. You face problems of an aging parent who acts like a three-year-old. Well, you know what three-year-olds act like. You understand that part. But not when they're in a 70-year-old body and they have money and cars and can go do whatever they want. And we're going, what do I do with this person? And so we're trying to think from our past, trying to figure out what do we do in this future? So how do we allow God to redeem our past through our faith? Years ago, I was, had a lady come in my office one day and she said, I just need to talk a little bit. And I said, okay. She said, I really struggle with some anger issues from my past. I said, okay, well, well, tell me what's going on. And she goes, in 1974. She goes, I know you don't remember that much because you were little. 1974, we had a children's play at the church. I said, okay, well, tell me about it. She goes, do you know so-and-so? And I go, yeah. She said something that hurt my feelings. I said, okay, 1974, it's 2015? Yes. I said, well, maybe we should do something about that. I don't know. I've been anger, angry about it ever since. I said, you know what? I suspect the other person doesn't even know you are even mad at her. You don't think so? And I said, well, probably not after that long. And I said, but what can we do? And I said, let's pray about it and let's figure out a way we can ask for forgiveness and we can seek forgiveness and build a right relationship with the other person. You mean I have to talk to the other person? I said, yes, you do. And I'm not going to be in the triangle. You're going to talk to this person and you're going to say, let's make things right. Well, I never thought about that. I said, but that's one of the ways God redeems our past. And it worked. She went to her and said, I'm sorry for what happened. And I've been angry at you since 1974. You know what the other lady said? Really? I didn't know you were mad at me. 1974? She goes, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. I don't even remember that. That's a long time ago. It's amazing what God can do 
with our past through faith. The hallelujah life also makes Christ the priority of the present. In verse 15, the scripture says, When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened today, which the Lord has told us about. You can follow your own desires as Scrooge followed his, but the hallelujah life puts our desires into perspective. We learn that we have value. At the other extreme, you can't let other people control who you are. Let's see, I probably should say that one again. You can't let other people control who you are. You have free will, as we talked about in the children's sermon. You have the ability to build boundaries around your life and say, no, you can't cross that boundary. What does that look like? You can choose. You have the choice. The gospel sets us free to make our own decisions, free from self-centeredness, free as God gives directions. When we serve Christ, we unlock all of our potential to serve here and now and the ability to not let other people control who we are. Now, I know none of you have ever had that happen, right? Okay, I was just checking. Thirdly, the hallelujah life follows Christ into the future. Verse 16, it says, So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger just as they had heard. You can try to ignore the future, and you must realize that one day God will make all things right. That's our hope. You can worry about the future. What would it look like if we trusted God maybe with our future by anticipating? Ah, maybe we can anticipate what God is going to do. There's no time like today. The world today is not a friendly place. But God will use you in this place in the days to come and into the future. God uses people to carry out God's plans. There is no other option. There's only a plan A or a plan C, the church. You're it. God uses people. We, we, we had a chance to go to New York during the Christmas break, and there was several of us, and we got a chance to ride the subway. If you ever get a chance to go to, to New York, you need to ride the subway. I, I didn't really know what I was going to happen. And so we make our way down and we have our tickets and we're going like this. What are we, what, where, what? There's like 17 million options. And this guy stops and he said, are y'all lost? Yeah, yeah. Is this the subway? He said, yeah. I said, where does the subway track come? And he goes, right there. Okay, we're trying to get to Times Square. And he goes, well, you get on this one, and you take this one, and you go off, and you get, off, get on that one. Wait, 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 slow down. Which one do we get on first? And so he walked us over to there, and he says, stand right here when the door's open, run in. And he said, go down two stops, and when they open, get off and go to the train across the way. And you can make your way all the way to Times Square just like that. I said, praise God that God used you in the middle of the subway in New York City because we were completely lost. God does that. So what does the future look like? The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all things. They had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. What does 2019 look like? What is it going to look like in your life? First, I have to say here at Aldersgate, no matter what happens in the year to come, we'll still be serving the Savior in 2019 and in 2020. 70 years after this church started, we're still serving Jesus Christ as our Savior. 
We face a unique, faith, unique future as United Methodists. A lot of decisions that are going to be made, some we don't even have control over. But despite our future, we still exist to serve the Savior. We'll still be reaching the world with the gospel. We have been for a long time, and we're still growing strong. Tomorrow will be great. Tomorrow will be fantastic, and you'll want to be part of that. I want to challenge you to make worship as part of your goal for 2019. If you wrote down a number, how many times would you be in worship in 2019? Years ago, I challenged a, a group to do that, and a lady uh, was coming in the door one Sunday, and it was a low crowd, and, and I said, you know, you, you, you know, it's low today, this is the end, and she said, yeah, but I wrote down how many times I'm coming to church this year, and I got one left. I said, okay, come on, come on. What, how many times is God calling you to be here? Because we understand as a group of folks who serve Christ that something happens in worship that doesn't happen anywhere else where God's spirit moves and touches our spirits in a way that nothing else can touch and that God works in your life and works in our lives the same way. Secondly, we have a lot of things that are going to happen in 2019. From Bible studies, we've already got almost 50 people signed up to take this six-week women's study. If you want to take it and you have, was it six weeks, isn't that right? Just see Lisa after church and she'll put your name down and you can come for a few weeks and maybe it fits your schedule. We were just trying to do some things differently. We have growth groups that are coming up and I encourage you to figure out a place where you can connect. This is one of the largest growth groups in all of our conference. We've got lots of places, and we want to encourage you to do that. Thirdly, we look forward to new people joining us and newer discipleship taking place here at Aldersgate. In 2018, the year that is just ending, 51 people joined our church. That is awesome. That is awesome. We did a lot of baptisms and a lot of new, new Christians during the year. 2019 was going to be fantastic. And then finally, remember just briefly that our church is founded on four cornerstones. The first one is all the ministries that happen here locally, our children's ministry, our youth ministry, college ministry. That's the first cornerstone is all of those ministries that happen. Secondly, we seek to serve the local mission of field around us, Bowie Elementary, McMurray, this neighborhood that is around us. We do a lot of things. Uh, many things take place here in this neighborhood. Uh, that will be capped off, I'm sure, sometime this summer with another garden party. So make plans to be part of that. Thirdly, the third cornerstone is our short-term mission trips that we go on every year. Uh, this year we already have a trip planned for Peru and a trip planned to San Antonio. Probably one to Guatemala if I was guessing. And then Jack Darnell leads one to Costa Rica or somewhere. We don't always know, but he's going somewhere. Uh, and then there are other places where you can serve. So make plans to be part of that. And then fourthly, our fourth cornerstone is those personal outreach things that you do in your place of ministry where God has laid it on your heart to help someone. Those are the four cornerstones that make up who we are here at Aldersgate United Methodist Church. So what would it look like if everyone took a step in their discipleship, if everyone got connected in a group of some kind, and if everyone invited someone else to come and to see that's the way it works, by inviting others to come. I don't normally quote Bobby Knight, and I don't have a chair that I can throw, but Bobby Knight said this, and I thought it was pretty interesting. He said, in basketball, some shoot and some pass, but everybody plays defense. And I got to thinking, you know, in church, some preach 
and some sing, but everybody should invite someone. Amen? Who is God calling you to invite? Let me end with this. Uh, one of my friends, Steve Patterson, told the story years ago about this man who was the usher at his church over in eastern New Mexico. He said, the first time I went to church, this guy opens the door and shakes my hand and says, come in, welcome to our church. We're glad that you're here. And he said, I got to get, over time I got to know him, his name was Frog. I said, your name is Frog? He goes, well, it's William, but they call me Frog. I don't know, I've always been called that my whole life. But I'm the usher, I'm the head usher here at this church. Glad you're here. Welcome to our church. Steve said, okay. And he began to make his way. And one time he was drinking coffee with Frog, and he said, I want to know, why are you the usher at the church? And he goes, well, let me tell you the story. Years ago, I was working in the job that I had, and this friend of mine invited me to a Christmas Eve service. He said, I thought about it, and I thought, nah, I don't want to go to church. It's been too long. If I go, people are going to look at me funny. If I do this, I don't know that I want to go. He said, the guy just kept inviting me. Over and over and over. He said, finally, I just said, okay, I give up. I'll go. And he said, I decided I was going to slip in the side door where nobody could see me and get in the back where nobody could see me. Darn if my friend didn't see me. He comes from the balcony and runs down the stairs, runs down the side and hugs me and says, welcome to our church. And he said, I was kind of like, okay. And he said, that something happened in my life. Little by little by little. God touched my heart in a special way. I've never forgotten that, that he invited me to come and see. And he said, then he invited me to be an usher. And I've been doing it ever since. And I, every week, I invite someone to come. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. But I look for them every week because I invite them to come and to see. And when they do, I always tell them, welcome to our church because this is your church too. What is God going to do in your life in 2019? How is God going to use you to change the world? Amen? Let's pray. Eternal God, as we stand before you, as we listen to what you've laid on our hearts, speak into our lives this morning as we begin to unpack and understand how you will use us for the kingdom to touch lives, to change the world. It is so incredibly awesome to get to be part of that. God, use us as we seek to change the world, as we seek to allow you to transform hearts. And Father, we get to stand on the sidelines and watch. Use us to, to invite others to come. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.